Welcome to Slayer Fest 98. I am Adam Sass. I'm Ryan Houlihan. And I'm Zachary Patton Garcia. And I'm Ian Carlos Crawford. And we are here to discuss Becoming Part 1 for the iconic episode's 25th anniversary. We should leave that part out. It's just an anniversary episode. We don't need to say how long it's been. <laughs> the number is horrible. Horrible number. Because in, in about five year Tom jump, it's going to be like, oh, it's already 30. I just I wish we could go back to 25. Zach, when you said that, I was like, oh, did I mess it up? <laughs> oh, no, Listen, no. we either no. get so good at science that we get to live and be young forever, so it doesn't matter, or we'll all gonna die before we're really too old so let's just be fun with it let's just die before 30 okay let's just do that don't say die before 30 <laughs> let, let, a, let a big rock hit the earth i think we're good with that honestly I was like yes all of us here will die before 30 um, <laughs> i'm already got one foot out the door listen parts okay. of me yeah i would say like i there's definitely stuff that did not continue um, past that age uh listen uh, the one compliment i do get that that person zach who is that person that like loves us that came that we inherited from horror hour do you know what their name is or who they are they're like it's like their name is like lumpy space this the person i shouted out in our yellow lumpy space what the fuck are you talking about king lumpy space is their twitter name yeah i don't know like lumpy space princess yeah yeah well anyway they're like they replied saying i thought you and zach were the same age and i was like thank you so much but no i am much older they were like who's 20 so who's 28 and who's uh, are we both 40 or we're both 28 because i'd rather we both be 28 right both 28 they thought i they thought i was 30 (laughs) ian do you want me to trap you here Because I will say, uh, wait, do you mean that they were really complimenting you or really insulting Zach? And like, why do you think that age is an insult? Like, (laughs) 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 Regina Georgiou. No, it is interesting that like we we're living in an age where it's just impossible to tell. I meet 18 year olds that I'm like that ancient witch. (laughs) And then like you look at Amanda Lepore and you're like, wow. To be, you know, a sprightly 19 year old girl is. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, I. I have a bunch of coworkers. I'm like, I don't know if they're my age or like 20. And it's not because they look, anyone looks like bad or good or any, it's just like my brain can't. I mean, you throw a beard on there. I'm truly lost. <laughs> my, my one coworker, Mark, who I adore, who Zach knows because we were on his podcast before. He was like joking in one of our work calls about how everyone there was so much younger and like, no one understood what it's like to be. 40 and I was like you're forgetting that I am only like three years younger than you and he was like oh shut the hell up you present as younger so you don't count <laughs> Gosh. Well, this is something that like I've been like embracing so I am turning 40 this year and um what my husband and I are are, are going through um an adoption process and my my dad was asking Mazel. um we're excited but the thing is like my dad was asking me he was he was like hey how's this feel you know being older older father, you know, cause he had me at like 22 or some shit. Yeah. And, um, and I was just like, I was like, I feel great. My perspective on the whole thing is that like, I was like, um, you know, having a kid in your twenties, which was what my, my brother did. I was like, that is absolutely straight broke behavior. Um, <laughs> you know, having a kid after 40 is rich. Like that is like celebrity. Costco dad. Yes. I was like, that is like, I am not doing it. Like I have had my, I have done my thing. I am <laughs> I am not going to be doing all this running around. I am like dad with the pipe. Don't worry. This is about like it. 
brand new SUV, dad. This is like <laughs> getting you Nikes for the season, dad. <laughs> right. Correct. Yeah. It's just very, it's very like, you know, it's like celebrities that um, if anybody's seen Ghost Five Eva, it's the, you know, the New York lonely boy, uh, John Slattery, Kyle McLaughlin, sort of having the <laughs> one child after 40. Yeah. It's just very... <laughs> Oh, the the child is so fancy. And it's great. <laughs> well, and most of my friends, like from when I was a teen, are having kids like around now. Like mm. my one friend, I, like Kim, has a th- three year old, um, and my one friend Amy, like just had another kid last year, um, and we went, we were in the same grade. So yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I forgot for a second that we were actually recording and not just like waiting. <laughs> well, I was going no. to transition by saying that the cast of this television show. First off, will always be older than me. Let's just start there. <laughs> but second, looks younger and younger every year. When I watched oh, the show originally, I was like, these are all supermodels in their right. 30s, just playing teenagers. That's just Cordelia. But <laughs> the rest of them, I'm like, Jesus Christ, like they were children. These were little babies playing right. babies. <laughs> oh, it's it, like, like it's like worse when you realize like um uh Jillian Anderson first season of X Files is like 20. Or Jesus Christ. She, she, she never met a wrinkle. Like, right. <laughs> like, like, like by the time X-Files had completed, she was like younger than me. Well, I mean, I've been realizing that about Seinfeld, Adam, that they're younger <gasps> than us. Yes. Yeah. And they always feel like older adults to me, not younger than, and I'm like, Ugh. and I think, are we older than Homer Simpson too? Like, isn't he supposed oh, to be like, no, yeah, yeah. this is going to sound so ridiculous, but I genuinely watched Seinfeld with my parents at the time thinking like, well, worst case scenario in life, I could be like Elaine. Right, <laughs> like, that's yeah. right. representation for me. Like, I don't know, I'll be an overly critical head case with great hair living in a city. You know what I mean? Like, that'll be fine. I'll get the big salad. <laughs> Women of television, man. Poor Zach has to hear about Seinfeld so Ugh. often. It's okay. It's okay. I'm learning the show through you, Ian. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so, yeah, I think... I was like really excited to talk about these episodes and I'm really excited. I got to assemble the Slayer Fest 98 Avengers for both these parts. I just, I I was saying this before we recorded, they stand alone well. Like that's why I broke it up into two different recordings, but also like together they are so much better, but then they're still good as like, oh, this is one part, you watch I it. I mean, and- add another half an hour to the beginning to establish things and you've got Buffy the movie. Yeah, mm. absolutely. That was my gonna say. I was like, this might as well, like, it, like in a different era, this would have been like, the like X Files film where it's like yeah. okay we end and then we go to the and then we go to the theater which yeah, I would have yeah. like I, my parents would have been dragged five <laughs> times <minimum. laughs> yes oh abs I feel like this absolutely would have been like a movie us like baby days were like let's go again and it's like you've seen it twelve times I saw <laughs> Catwoman three times in theaters my parents uh, dropped me off three times to see Catwoman and you know what I stand by it I should have went a fourth. <laughs> Well, you would have seen this one four times. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Do you guys remember, like, do you remember, like, when you watched this? I did not watch this when it aired. Did, well, I guess you wouldn't have, Zach, but did. No. (laughs) Ryan or Adam, did either of you watch it when it aired? Yes. I I watched it when it aired and I recorded it. So I watched it like multiple times. We went on vacation that summer. (laughs) <laughs> and I brought the tape. <laughs> I love oh that. Oh my god! <laughs> Sickening. No, absolutely, like ill behavior. My parents, <laughs> like, my parents were like, furious. Um, they they would have rather 
we go to a theater to do this sort of thing. But then, like, had it been in the theater, I would have, like, outed myself way earlier than I had planned by just, right. like, sobbing at <laughs> uh, the end um, <laughs> at the Sarah McLaughlin song rather than, like, quietly cry to myself. <laughs> no, but, um, no, I, 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 multiple times, multiple times. Like, so this was, like, I, it weirdly, like, I had watched the Buffy tapes and then, mm-hmm. like, caught something randomly across the, the season. I didn't watch season two live, but then, like, the, the finale I had caught up in time live and then season three was like my first full. Cause the, the part two is the first thing I ever watched, but I literally walked into the kitchen and my mom was sobbing. Oh, and was literally, that the like, episode part two? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Part two is the first thing I ever saw. I remember walking into the kitchen, literally watching Buffy have to stab him. And that was the first thing I ever saw. And my mom is sobbing and I'm like, Oh, she's a good actor. Like I just remember thinking that and being like, maybe I do like that. So did your mom watch it then, or did she <laughs> yeah. also just walk into the kitchen and no, my see mom loved it on it. the TV? Oh my god! And I Ian, was like, mm-hmm. Ian, in the in the like in the like um, docudrama of your life, where it's like like the the, the like your downward spiral into <laughs> like it's you're like. It's like the guy who, like at Studio Fifty Four, who's like, who's who's like, oh, what's this? What's this white powder? I'm worried about um, where this is going. <laughs> I walked in and I was like, and I and everybody was sniffing something, and I thought, what's that about? That looks interesting. <laughs> that and looks then, groovy as hell. <laughs> Ten years later, I'm at the bottom of the <laughs> sucking dick for a little. That's <laughs> <laughs> the twenty five years later. <laughs> this is Ian becoming part one. Yes, I will. Zach, I guess I didn't tell. Yeah, my mom is the one that got me into it, and I was like that nerd. Like I, read well, I remember books. that, but I didn't know that she like watched it, watched it. Oh yeah, like she was mm-hmm. always trying to get me to watch it, and I'd be like, "Oh, that sounds stupid." Um, and then I just happened to walk in as she was watching it live. And my mom doesn't really cry at TV as much anymore. She did cry at Wandavision though, which I was impressed. I was like, "Aha, got her with something else good." Um, but. She used to cry a lot, especially at Buffy. That was always like the thing that like the joke with our family, like my grandma would be like, oh, Donya Buffy's on. Your mother can't do anything like blah, blah, blah. And yeah, my mom, you did not call her when Buffy was on. You did not bother her. Mm. Your mom and I have that in common. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, when when Sarah gets when Sarah's eyes just get wide, it's oh. it's it's over uh, for everybody. Everybody uh, cries. And so I can't. Like, I can't, like, this is, like, it's not computing to me, and that your parent was so into this, because my <laughs> parents were, like, my deranged poor son, like, has this, that, like, they didn't understand it to, like, a very, like, clinical, worried degree. Um, so this is, like, just wild to me having a parent be this invested. <laughs> well, uh, my dad was kind of like that. And then Howard Stern said like one time, like oh, that's a great right. show. I love that show. And oh. my dad was like, that's awesome. I love that. You love that show. <laughs> Completely changed. He was like, he was oh like, I love God. her. I love that girl on there. Seven. I was like, her name is Willow. <laughs> seven. He would try though. <laughs> Zach, do you remember, do you remember like when you first watched I, it? I mean, Back to the parents thing. Um, I think they would have absolutely wanted me to watch this over like Britney Spears music videos. So I was pretty safe <laughs> mm-hmm. in Buffy's hands. But uh, I watched this one for the first time when I got season two, the box set. And then oh, I must have I must have been like 10 or 11 then probably because I used to get them for every birthday. I would get a box set. Um but, that was the thing, right? Back then, that was like yeah. the gift to get someone. Well, because they were fucking, they were like $50. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I think because I saw it 
It was probably one of the last finales I saw, actually. And I think because of that, it ranks a little lower in my finales. But it is still, like, wonderful. You know, it hits all the emotional beats. It it gives me chills, gets me teary-eyed at the end. Knows what it's doing. You Um, know, you guys saying that, like, all it would need is a half-hour setup to be a movie. It really is true, because, like, we don't know much about Angel at this point. And this is, like, showing us more about Angel Mm-hmm. 22 episode seasons twice over and they and honestly honestly it felt like the plot was flying by as opposed yes. to an eight episode netflix series where everything moves at a fucking glacial pace <laughs> and honestly it's because of like mm-hmm. monsters of the week other things come up other characters have arcs like right. they let things like breathe and they like i don't know it's the ability it's the amount of space it inversely means you have to create structure for yourself because you have so much fucking time to fill. (laughs) Whereas in a Netflix show, it's in that middle zone that like, it just sucks. So like, I I feel like I I watched a season and a half of Buffy. I guess I said two 22 episode seasons. That's not totally accurate. I watched a season and a half of Buffy and I felt like there's gems in there. And the second season in particular has some bangers, but this was the first time that I was like, Oh, these people have like a fucking plan. Like yeah. this is art, Mama. Like they they have like <laughs> they have arcs. This is literature, mm-hmm. and like that is the reason that it got a box set. That's the reason that it's mm-hmm. like a film because it it's right. when television genuinely to me, Buffy is a magic trick. Like The Sopranos came on and was like, "Look, I'm prestige. Look, I have all these art fucking degrees, and everybody who wants to write for me, look, I can show you a dick on screen. Like, isn't that so like edgy?" Buffy like did a magic trick. It was like, "Come for this teen drama. She's sexy. She's fun. There's like special effects. Like what? It's like Power Rangers. It's like, do you like something? Are you do you have a fucking front? Do you have no frontal lobe? Or do you do you easily get these people? Is your attention easily distracted by like right. sparkles? Come on in. Um, but then it fucking reveals itself to be so complicated, which is also like the central themes of the show. And yeah. I think this episode is the first time that they really nail it. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I it's because I people talk about season two a lot, and I I do love it, but I do think there's they're still finding their footing a little bit. But then once Angelus comes up, they're like, oh, we got this. We know what we're doing. Um, and like, well, it's like they're like the writers to me were like Buffy with that grenade launcher halfway through the season. <laughs> like, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> we get, uh, we open on an angel flashback. And Ryan, I think about this a lot how at the, the last live show I was at, not the last live show you were at, um, how you, <laughs> how you, which is wild that I can say that, that you were at a Slayerfest 98 live show that I was not. Um, I am the host of Slayerfest yes. 98. <laughs> That's wild, isn't it? <laughs> Ryan, you proved to me that if like, I am like dying, I could be like, Ryan can continue. <laughs> yeah, leave, the, leave the show to Ryan. <laughs> you were doing the like willow summoning from the bed, the hospital bed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm nothing if not a good cover band. <laughs> well, so I, I think of what you said about David Boreanaz, because like the flashbacks, I don't know how you guys feel, but I don't really, it doesn't bother me at all. I don't really notice it. But when you think about it, he's still not that good of an actor in these flashbacks. Mm-hmm. And I always think of Ryan at one of the live shows, you said, it was a learning process for David Boreanaz. <laughs> Listen, I think I, Joss Whedon's School for Girls turned out some real actors. And I think David Boreanaz, though he his accent work will never go down in history, you do get so distracted that you're like, that's just Angel's accent. Like right, he yeah. has a speech impediment or something. <laughs> he traveled. <laughs> I feel like the gay guy who discovered David Boreanaz walking his dog, like didn't do a bunch of research about, yeah. can you do an Irish accent? Something like, I think... <laughs> 
just, <laughs> I like the idea of, of him at like a soda fountain, just like glistening, right. glistening like Edward in fucking Twilight in the sun. And they were like, oh, they were like, with cheekbones like that, doesn't matter if you can talk. <laughs> because like, he, can, he can, he can, he can. Yeah, yeah. And like, but it's funny because even like in part two, when her and, um, when Sarah and James Marsters have to share, it's like, oh, he's the vampire that is the better actor. Yeah. But like, even so, like, Julie Benz is so fucking good. And I always think uh, someone, I forget who, someone called it her, someone called her voice on this as Darla a baby whisper. And I do think that's like a very good, like, description of it. It's weird because this is pre Britney that this is filmed and like pre that dropping. And yet there's so much Britney in Darla, the like school girl outfit, the like sexy kitten pull back (laughs) little girl voice. Like, and, and, and like, and it's interesting to me. It's like this '90s idea of I don't know of like youth of like I, there's I don't, there's a lot of like grunge in it too with like the like yeah. I don't know. I think it's just it's interesting, and I think that the conceptualization of the character aesthetically puts it at her at such an advantage as an actor, and she like didn't need it. It's it's this yeah. is really like like I, sometimes I'm watching this show, and it's like Sex in the City and, and <laughs> other shows that aren't like so femme, but like Game of Thrones or something where you're like, we're making television. Like I'm so I'm in it. I'm like, this is television. It's like when I saw Gone Girl in the movies, I was like, this is like Jurassic Park. This is the movies. <laughs> It's like Amazing. Jurassic Park. It's just what on to. Yeah, and like I, I forgot she wasn't in it that much. Like, is this this is her only scene in the episode, isn't it? Well, when you first watch the show, this these flashback scenes seem so strange and out of nowhere, and like they're very like jarring. I think, but when you revisit them, there's so much depth because of what's added later, yeah. which I don't even know if they knew was coming. Like, right? Josh Whedon can say he did, but like, right. okay. <laughs> and when you think of like Angel as the character like your mind flashes to moments like this right yes. um yeah that's really hard to to not it, when was this this was a uh, 1753 so 244 years before current day zach i'm impressed with your math yeah that amazing. was amazing <laughs> i learned how to do nails not math <laughs> no i have a calculator right in front of me this month okay okay do you are gay okay <laughs> absolutely absolutely <laughs> I just think it's so funny how Buffy invented the flashback. Um, we don't know I mean, enough. Yeah. Right? Like, and it is funny. Like, I was doing it before. Yeah. When I watched this, I used to hate the flashbacks I, because I didn't care about Angel that much. But like, I, I feel like like what you said, Ryan, it's like, but like, so there's so this adds actually adds so much to the, like the like lore of the like universe that they it, like you do enjoy them. And like, Julie Benz and Juliet Lando are both like such good fucking actors. So was Darla right? watching him for a while then? Because she just makes him really quickly. Like that seems really hasty. There's a lot of watching people in this yeah. episode. Like there's a lot <laughs> um, of uh, observation of what you are before you're becoming. And I feel like it's interesting because in general, before the becoming, things tend to go unobserved because like who generally people don't like spot potential <laughs> you know <laughs> and i think it's interesting too that like you get the darlo watching him thing but and it's mirrored later with like him watching buffy but the first time you see it it looks like a young girl looking at a man because you don't know that our darla is so much older than him whereas right. with buffy it's very clearly laid out that she is a little girl and it is weird that angel is immediately into her like the director or the costume person was like okay joss i'll shoot it 
I'm going to make it fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> but so we get, yeah, it, it is pretty quick. I was, I didn't remember that we got that in this. I thought we got this, like in my brain, this scene was in an Angel episode, not in this. Totally, totally. In my brain, there's three shows. There's the show, <laughs> that's the flashbacks. There's Angel <laughs> present day, and then there's Buffy. Right, yeah. Like, I don't know why I thought this, and like, I've watched this so much, but yeah. It's like the wall, it's like the wall in, um... Uh, that Hulu show, Solar Opposites. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good reference, Ryan. I fucking love the wall plot. Um, yeah, I like the way she is styled feels so ridiculous, but it works. Like she has like that corset with her boobs pushed up to like oh, her yeah. chin. Like, <laughs> yeah, and I like that it's the it's the it's the past of memory kind of because it's so like vamped up. It's like history through the lens of interview with the vampire, or yes. like through the lens of like. Amadeus or something like <laughs> it's it's interesting and like I it has like a viewpoint and a stylization to it and I think like Buffy the show like the main modern show also really does I think it was less apparent to me at the time I just thought yeah. they were cool and in California but yeah. it actually has like a visual language and it, it was weird because it like clashes at first blush the like flashbacks to the olden yeah. time stuff but then the more the characters are just so much themselves just in like a coat of paint the more it doesn't matter to me that yeah. it kind of clashes. And the more it's, like, kind of cool that it clashes. The way that, like, the, like, crypty, like, Drusilla vibes clash with, like, you know, cool California Ma Malibu Barbie, you like know? Everyone else, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it is kind of central to the show. It so is, yeah. even though it's not maybe my cup of tea aesthetically, it is definitely fascinating. And you kind of can't look away, even though... It, it's so much less like eye candy. Yeah. Yeah. Zach, what do you think of the flashbacks? Um, I mean, everything Roger said. <laughs> it's, it's, they, they do, they do sit out as their own sort of like third show, right? Um, and I, I can never remember where Angel's yeah. flashbacks fall, um, from season to season and over into his show and all of that because, I mean, he, like after season one, maybe even after, ah, which season would you say he like takes on like the angel appearance and like doesn't really change? Because he he looks really boyish as uh, like from season I, one. I think three is where he starts. Do that, you think? Like, okay, three is where he starts to get like his like less boyish look, and then like I think Angel season two is probably where he hits like adult, full adult looking, no twink. Okay. Yeah, I mean, all of the flashbacks are just, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to be nice. I, I'm just not an Angel fan, so, so <laughs> they're harder for me, um, but they're fine. I love seeing Darla, I love seeing, like, Drusilla, but I, I like it for them. When when it's just him doing, like, a little accent, wearing a wig, it's just, it's, it's fine, you know? <laughs> Um, <laughs> well, can't wait to get to Angel Season 2, right? <laughs> are, there, are there a lot of flashbacks in Angel Season 2? There are a few. There you are. have to imagine there probably are, right? 22 episodes, come on. Well, yeah, remember who are. appeared at the end of Season 1. Mm -hmm. So, But yeah, so then we, we get that. We get Darla's been watching him, and then we kind of get... Angelus, not kind of, we do get Angelus watching Buffy fight these vampires. And... I mean, we're going to, it's going to be a lot of saying this, but like the way Sarah Michelle Gellar does the, like, she is done with it. She wants to fucking kill him is really good. Like, I like that. She's like, 
you know, tell him I'm done waiting. And then she fucking stakes him anyway. Well, she's at the end of this relationship. She has had yeah. time now to be at mm-hmm. the end of this relationship, and she is ready to break up with him and not see him ever again, right? <laughs> but he keeps killing everybody around her, so she can't really do that. Right. Um, and he's not going to leave town. And to Ryan's point, like, this is what you get from a 22. Like, this is what you get when you have you a sprinkle yeah. of angel in, like, the Go Fish episode and the and the hospital one. Like, you're, this is like, I miss the full season 22 season like live action fantasy show where you get the monster weeks and the sort of concurrent and the recurring theme episodes like i just miss it so much like i just i i know it's you know i would rather take this format on a much lower budget Mm -hmm. to get that still today Hmm. honestly any of those constraints are interesting to me like the idea that like I don't know. The idea that you had to tell one story in one hour was is good. I like that. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> good idea. Um, yeah, I. You're right, Adam. This is like they benefited from the 22 because like this is so earned, right? It's earned that she's fucking like Zed said, done with it and ready to break up slash kill him because she's been you know doing this for months, right? Well, I think like a, I think like a if, if Buffy had never been done before, and they did Buffy now in like an eight episode sort of one season thing that you knew was just doomed to end at season two, maybe, um, <laughs> and like you would you would not get the same tears at the end, like you would you they would try to hit the same beats, but again, you just would not have had that lived in time where you got to like experience goofy, funny moments with this person. Like we got to spend non serious time with Buffy and all these people. You're right. I hadn't I hadn't thought specifically about that, but you're right. And it like endears us. It makes us love them, right? It's like Correct. I mean I mean be- besides the like um surf Dracula effect, if I, I think I've mentioned this on the show before, but like it, oh, yeah. it would be like at the there was the tweet going around say, basically saying if there was a show called uh, Surf Dracula and it, and it aired in the 60s, he, Dracula would be surfing every episode, but if he did Surf Dracula now, it would be a full season of build up and then in the last episode of the first season he'd pick up a surfboard. <laughs> um so i like, think sure, we yeah, get right. that now like a first season buffy the vampire slayer would be like the end of the first season would be she's like slays her first vampire <laughs> um i'm just trying to picture the ways in which it would just go awful yeah because that's that's the thing i mean i liked the marvel netflix shows when they came out but they were very that like daredevil isn't daredevil till literally the last episode of season one and it's like come on the show's called daredevil like what the fuck are we waiting for right well i mean, like, I mean and that's even like generous compared to the disney plus marvel shows yeah, which yeah. is it's even more <laughs> tap the brakes but well i just i feel like if you when you get to live with characters for a long time even just in like real life terms of like every week i watch them for all of the school year like it it lets you spend time with them in different ideas of them like you get different versions where like i mean ian's a big part of this show is that ian makes action figures of specific moments but mm-hmm. at no point do you feel like oh i wish that we i wish we weren't doing this because we w- could be doing something more interesting because of the economy of how they made the show because they pumped out 22 episodes with whatever budget that they had and like the sets and like whatever it was the circumstances it meant that like it, while they had more constraints on the storytelling and they had to have more like brevity they had to they had to make their points a little tighter you also just like could let the you could let characters do things that I wasn't particularly interested in and let it build somewhere or go somewhere. And it wasn't, I didn't, I don't ever feel like, oh, well, I'm never going to get to see like what I just imagined. How cool would it be if Buffy, if Buffy was a vampire, you know, like you're always like, all right, I guess we have time to get to that. Like that would be cool in season three or whatever. And 
I, I, I love the idea of being able to play with characters and have all this possibility because it, to me, it means that you've imbued that character with more depth as opposed to like right now, I feel like there are a lot, a number of shows that I could name and shame where they're relying so much on tropes and not, and even if they are relying on subverting tropes, it's a, it's like a trope of subversion where, you know, like it's like a stock subversive character and it's like, cause they right. just don't have time. They don't really have time <laughs> to build Cordelia Chase. No. Right? And it's uh. one of those things where like, I just, I, I worry for today's teenage losers. Like I was taking my little videotape, my, my recorded off the TV videotape on vacation because it was like, I was taking my friends with me. Adam, that is so vacation. fucking cute. God. And I just was like, I'm like, who are their friends? Like, it's a bunch of people who like are around for two episodes before they're killed for an omg moment and then you got to do these other people i'm just i'm not <laughs> but those like, are again, their, I, just, those, those, I, I would say that would translate for them in the same way because they don't know how it was with 22 something episodes that's right true. like this is what I'm they know um sure so. Mm-hmm. Our, youth, sure. our, youth cons- our youth consultant is weighing in on the youths. <laughs> it's a mix of formats that I actually really like today, which I know everyone's going to groan, but I really follow YouTubers who do like video essays or if they do deep dives on history or if they do like even people who do tutorials of creative tasks to live with that person and be like, wow, I've actually watched them for five years. Not mm-hmm. all the time. Like sometimes I drop in. Some people I watch all the time, but you can watch them uh-huh. grow, and especially when they make really discreet content there's like structure in there but also a long-term relationship and i right. i just think it's like missing that's me with um certain podcasts not this one but um, <laughs> not this one i never <laughs> listen to this one. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah if buffy was around today i'd be subscribed on patreon <laughs> <laughs> but like that i think that because zach you have like i've had people be like oh i watch zach for years and i'm always like that's wild that like one of my best friends is someone that people know because they've watched his videos. Like mm-hmm. I remember when you and I first started being friends, a guy whose virginity I took, like hadn't talked to in years, messaged me to be like, how do you know him? I watch his YouTube videos. Like I watch his like videos about coming out. And like, that's so wild to think someone could know. So, and like, it is, you're, you're right, Ryan. It is like YouTube does do that. I mean, when people yeah. mention to me old podcasts, it's like, I also didn't think about anyone going from, like, any yeah. audience members going from one thing to the next. And the mm-hmm. idea that someone has heard me on two separate things is so it, weird to me. And I guess it, it's, I mean, I think, I think right now people are more fan of particular creators because there's just literally no stability to any of the economy. <laughs> and we don't know where anyone's going to be or, like, what they're going to be doing. So, like, I'll just find Trixie Mattel on whatever app I happen to have open and, you know, when I'm in the mood for her. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> and it's like my little friend pops up. And mm-hmm. I think that that's kind of what Buffy was in addition t- yeah. to having, like, all this other stuff to say. And that's the payoff on these season finales is exquisite. It really is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I just think that's like something where like something Sarah Michelle Gellar is like discovering maybe for the first time right now is that like, she's like, oh, I was a bunch of little woodland (laughs) critter boys as friends without realizing it for a very long time um yeah it's different than even being like marcia brady even though that's highly impactful on history and like women and i'm sure a lot of people have strong feelings about the character but it's different because you appealed to an audience that like needed you more yes yes this was a need yeah like i didn't have a boyfriend buffy had a boyfriend i could feel all that stuff Mm -hmm. i the the thing i was gonna say is because i was so like weird about the show because i 
I, I I know I've said this on the show. I don't know if I said it to you boys before, but in season three, when they delayed the finale, I thought I had just missed it. So I was like, oh, I don't want to watch the next season until I can like see the finale of three. And then I never, because it aired randomly in the summer, I never caught it. So I like didn't go back to the show till I found out Willow was gay. And season five was where I was like, I was back. Mm-hmm. And like that went with me to college. And I remember season six airing. I got a TV in my dorm room just so I could still tape a Buffy. And it was season mm-hmm. six. And like, that's literally what I had it for. It was when FX started their reruns. I would tape the reruns as well. And I remember my roommate, whose name I don't even remember. I only went away for like half of uh, one semester and a half of a second one watching um, What's My Line and him being like, oh, you know, she she dies. Like she was a big part of the show. She was on. And I remember thinking that Kendra was on it for three seasons. That's what he told me, um, even though she dies in season two. But like Buffy was definitely my friend in college. Like I fucking hated living in the dorm rooms. I didn't want to do any dumb fuck dorm room shit. I didn't want to like go to a frat party. So I would like sit in my dorm room and watch Buffy. Right. This is, I, I'm so like, I, I feel like it's so weird that we both fell out of season four at the same time. And I, I mentioned yeah. this on the show a few times, but probably not in a while. But like my um thing is like, I watched it so religiously in season three. And then my little podunk one horse <laughs> whistle stop town like stopped carrying the wb after this is why i haven't seen angel this is why i didn't see the rest of season four like they showed the premiere of angel and the premiere of um season four of buffy and they showed the premiere they, and then did that oh and shit and chopped it so and <laughs> then and i'd never heard anything and then revisiting it later in season four and then willow comes out as gay and then like buffy my closest friend <laughs> in the world like later that season when they're like rope climbing down into the initiative and like saying all that like very affirming stuff i was like well, I really could have used that at that point in my <laughs> life. Whoever is sort of narrating and deciding how my life is going is like really did a, an amazing job with that one. <laughs> like, cause I, I truly was just like, that was so important. I mean, and I, I write young adult novels now and that's something where I'm like very, very, very keen on is um, whatever medium you can to reach kids at this time with whatever affirming messages whether it's affirming in a very cheesy way or not, um, you know, it's still all of it potentially, you don't know what's going to like really shelter someone during a very important time. And so like, that's something I'm like still mad at to this day. Like I really (laughs) want to find out like, what was the cause of that? Um, (laughs) If I read like like, Howard Hughes money, I would like, (laughs) I would find the person who actually did it was responsible. (laughs) Do you understand what you caused me? (laughs) <laughs> I mean, and what a uniquely homophobic way to do it, to be like, you like that? You're never going to get it. <laughs> no, for real. Like, for real. Shit, faggot. <laughs> no, for real. Like, it was a betrayal. It was, I partially held my family responsible because they had just moved me to this town. So I was very, I was in my feelings. So, like, we had, we had come from, like, a bigger city. And then we, they moved me to, like, this, um, this small town for work. And I was completely, <laughs> I think I have accused them at some point of doing this. <laughs> because it's a thing. But that's how important she was. So yeah, I think yeah. that's, that's, that's interesting. And so I, Adam, I want, I also want your opinion because so next, you know, we, she, she kills the vampires and angels. Like she says something about like, look on the right side, it'll all be over soon to Xander. And he's like, yes, it will, my love. And then we get the credits and then we get Giles visiting, uh, undisclosed museum office 
Mm-hmm. And like I was thinking about you, Adam, because as you said, Adam, Adam, by, by Surrender Your Sons, one of the one of the best books I read the year I read it, and still fantastic. Um, Thank you, my dear. And I was thinking of you because like it is kind of a like weird last minute edition, but it doesn't matter, right? Like I could see the like argument being made, like oh, the writing you just that introduced like in the last episode, but like that's not really the point of the episodes, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, it's it's all kind of just kind of like peppered in. Right. It's just like the evil plan. Sure. That's like the plot. But actually the plot is like Buffy having to kill Angel. Right. I mean, that's what we're here for. I mean, that's like really the arc. I mean, the arc is like, okay, like how do we add more drama to the the Buffy Angel sort of arc? um, And where is that going? And what would that mean for her? Um, And, you know, I mean, I, I mean, again, like, I think we're all a little we're, you know, I think I think society is at its limit with um with certain um, cinematic universes <laughs> using the apocalypse sort of trope. Yeah. Um, but this was fresh at the time where it was like, oh my god, the end of the world! Like I can't imagine like being not sick of an end of the world um, villain <laughs> plot. I was like, end of the world! Like I would like imagine being like so fucking in- into it still. Um, <laughs> but yes, yeah. I mean, it's it really is incidental. Like a lot of like a lot of you know, it, it's sort of a Maltese Falcon MacGuffin thing where it's like yeah, there's right, this like, big stone thing. Everybody wants it. It is dangerous if the villain gets it, and and there. Right. Like I, okay, because I was I was curious what you would say about it because I was like, hmm, this does kind of come out of nowhere, but like you don't. Doesn't fucking matter, right? Like it's no, like the, the MacGuffin is everything. No, like yeah. everything you do, you just need some, and it's and it, honestly, it helps that it is simple. That's true. Um, yeah, like when you do a MacGuffin thing, like it, especially if you're if you, it depends on the genre. Like obviously, if you're doing like Before Sunrise, don't have a simple <laughs> right. MacGuffin thing. Um, but you are doing a pulpy fantasy kick-ass show. So yes, have a very simple thing. Have a thingy, and everyone's got to get the thingy, and then. You just it, the thing the more the more simple the fit the thingy is, the quicker we can get to the interpersonal relationships and and what's happening. Yeah, uh, Adam. I also love this weird museum archaeologist. I, he it feels like he's from New Jersey with his weird accent. <laughs> Uh, and then we go to the cafeteria. Xander's recreating their patrol with fish sticks, and we get Buffy when like. I think like Willow asks her, she's she's ready, and she's like, "Yes, I'm ready. I'm also willing and able." Like, I do feel like Buffy's not bullshitting, right? Like, she is done with it. She is ready to like kick his ass slash kill him, right? Mm-hmm. Well, she thinks she is because you know we got to that part, right. we got that part where earlier in the season after she blows up the judge and they have that first fight, um, the movie theater is, mall is innocence hybrid. or surprise. I, mean, I can't remember which is the second one. Innocence, but, um, innocence, yes. Yeah. So innocence, um, and then she's like, it, it's so, it's so anime. This show, like, it really is just like <laughs> the rain, the sprinkler shit is coming down on her, and she just like kind of darkly says, "Give me time," and you know, and this is the time because. We've gone through stuff where we lost Jenny Calendar, um, right. which we'll get to her little magical floppy disk in a second. But then you get to, you know, all of these. And plus, I lo- oh my God, one of the things I loved about Innocence, because they're in that movie theater, is that um, there's this, like, quest for Camelot. Yes. <laughs> um, which is very 1988. That, that movie, I don't know who did it, but they must have had everything because there was a quest for Camelot poster in one of the earliest seasons of Sex and the City. 
Oh, really? They had a huge marketing budget. They had a major deal with uh, McDonald's and stuff at the time. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Really? I never even saw it. I just remember seeing that that poster everywhere. Obsessed. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) She was very, she felt very like, like it tracks for me. You know, I like Buffy and I like the main girl in that. I haven't seen it since I was a kid. I couldn't tell you any of their names, but I know sure as hell I loved them. It was it was good because it was good Disney counter programming because Disney at the time was very like <laughs> we're gonna win Oscars and mm. it was like fun yeah <laughs> well that's something where um so like Kieran Culkin was on um Hot Ones and he was saying that him and the Succession people have like he they have something called I, f- I feel like then I think the name of it is called like Dangerous Classic it's like Dangerous something but like each of them like throws out a movie that like they super loved. And the other person kind of goes, uh, have you seen it in a while? And they go, no, is there something bad in it? Um, and I feel like the quest for Camel would be like, either it's like, has it, does it hold up? Or it's like, oh, they make a lot of trans jokes in that. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I used to, every summer I would try to read one like high school summer reading book that I missed that I like never read in high school and then reread a book that I loved in high school. And almost every time, every time I reread a beloved favorite, I'd be like, oh. Mm, I don't want to read this again. Like almost every single time. <laughs> um, but okay, so we uh, we get. Oh wait, before we move on, I did want to note that when we're at the high school, like we're at the cafeteria table and all sitting around, I really like that they're eating little kids' foods because it's it really sets the tone that like they are children. This is right. all happening to like teenagers, <laughs> right? Yeah, all this shit. They are like seventeen or sixteen. Like, yeah, they have juice um, boxes in their backpack <laughs> and like. The, the fashion in the scene is really good because it's. Like I love her shirt. Like, I just wanted to say before we moved on. Also, yeah, Buffy's red shirt was really, really nice. Yes, yes. I think they all look like really cute. Snyder comes in as like Cordy and Xander are being like cutie, flirty, tickly, and like yells at them all. And he says, "This isn't an orgy; it's a classroom." And I like that Buffy says, "Yeah, where they teach lunch because they're in the fucking cafeteria, you <laughs> dickhead." <laughs> so then we get our next flashback. Ryan, it is one of your favorites, uh, Drusilla. Oh, such a delight. So good to have her back. (laughs) What do you think of her in this? Because I think she's like, it's cool seeing Juliet Landau do like Drusilla, like on the verge of becoming the Drusilla we know. Yeah, I really like it because I I mean, not only does it obviously give her like layers and stuff, but it, it also like... It illustrates the kind of dichotomy between the vampire person and like person with a soul really well, because as much as Drusilla like wanted to be pure, she still like is in a way, but in this like pureness that's about being corrupted, which is like very vampire-y and like a good dichotomy. And like, it it makes for a good, like Angel is still a romantic as Angelus. Like he still is that person, but it is like, it, it's it's also like invasion of the body snatchers in a way. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really that's a really good way to put that because she, it's like kind of there. You can like it's not like this person doesn't make sense to have become the Drusilla we know. Like it tracks, right? It's like yeah, totally. Yeah, that's her when she was younger. Zach, what do you think of this flashback? Um, I love any Drusilla flashback, right? Yeah. I like seeing her little origins. I would have I would have loved seeing like a full episode just of her origins because. Uh, this is something that I've related to a lot, right? It's like when you're really weighed down by religion or like being the good person, right? Um, yeah. That's her. And and then like she's a terrible person when she becomes a vampire, but she is like freed of the, yeah. you know, God's always watching, right? Um, yeah. 
And I always thought that was really, really interesting. And I would have liked to have seen her like interacting with family and, and things like that. Cause isn't it that it doesn't angel like he, I know he like tortures her, but isn't mm-hmm. it like he like kills her family? Isn't that what we later learn? We don't get after actual flashbacks of that. Do we No, it has to be in a comic so. somewhere. No. Well, I'm wondering if it's like kind of like a gaslight, like literally like the 1944 movie gaslight, like mm. where it's like we're literally there's just a bunch of like sort of unreality because like to, mm. to make someone sort of insane the way they say he made her, it would be like, yeah, like it's killing the family, but it's also like probably toying and, mm. you know, sort of mind games. And that's yeah. what I think that would have been interesting to explore. Wild that she like really just stumbles into him, right? Like. Yeah. He's just killing the priest, and she happens to go for confession, you know? Yeah, I I, I think that's, like, I love that we go from that. Like, you feel bad for her because she's, like, confessing that she's had premonitions, and her mother says she's cursed, and it's an affront to the Lord. And then he's like, well, it is. Yes, you should be evil. And she's, like, this, like, young girl who's like, no, but I want to be good. And then we cut to present day where she's like, something terrible is coming. Because you read the newspaper. (laughs) 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 I fucking love Spike in these episodes. Spike is like so, it's just so good. Like, so over all the bullshit. And they've always got him strapped to some sort of chair in the show, right? Thanksgiving here. (laughs) He's always just like sitting in a chair and and making making snarky remarks. (laughs) Same. Same. Me recording. The one like thing that redeems this entire generation of television that we're living in, which I will no longer call golden is if this was being made today, we would have got a Disney plus spinoff miniseries <laughs> called spike and Joyce. And it would have been a morning <laughs> show and it would have been so good. <laughs> there would uh, be so much more Joyce. It would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we get Giles is investigating this thing. They like, what is it? Like eventually, Oh, no, no, no. Giles is investigating the what's coming. It's that thing that we know is a cathola, but it's like stuck in the block of stone. And Which then is we weird go- that the archaeologist like didn't know that it was, it I- has a big ass seam on it. You can see the seam, you know? How do, how Sorry, do, did how you, you know what? if something's in there? I can't wait to tell my friends. They don't have a rock with a seam this big. <laughs> <laughs> um, we go back to Sunnydale High, and I think, Adam, you mentioned it, or Ryan or Zach, one of you did. Because I fucking love, 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 love. I like think of that disc, the like slow motion fall and passions. And then like here when Buffy's like pencil rolls off. And I like that we're getting just a simple scene of Buffy and Willow like doing like homework. Like they're oh, studying. I always love this stuff. Yeah. I also always love when I, I like relate a lot to Buffy in her, in her high school years when she is down on herself and her smarts because I always felt that, right? Um, and so she's always calling herself a moron and then like Willow really gives it to her here. Yeah. She's like, like puts her foot down. She's like, stop or I'm not, you're wasting my time, right? Like I, I don't want to go back and forth on whether you're a moron or not. Um, yeah. And then I also didn't remember mm. the, the, uh, the deja vu part where she rolls the pencil again. I completely yeah. forgot that. Um, I forgot that too, Zach. I was like, oh, I didn't remember her saying that. In my head, it was just like the pencil yeah. rolls off and she finds the disc. Yeah, I think like something that's always kind of nice is, um, you know, not to keep being like, well, as a YA writer, but like that's <laughs> something that like you're always sort of, because you're playing in, you know, because I write thrillers and horror and mystery. And so you're you're kind of like doing teens, doing not high school stuff, but like you do, it's very important to keep grounding it in high school. Cause you can very quickly get um, later seasons of Buffy 
kind of fall victim to this. Not to say it like makes the show unwatchable because like I love the later seasons, but like it, um, you very quickly like after after like season four where like she's yeah. a college freshman and it's like based in school stuff. It she just rapidly becomes twenty eight. Um, yes. yes. Like it's like there because there's so much like burdens and and everything else. Like you need that sort of grounding influence of how can this be my destiny? I'm just a kid. So I think we, we maybe lose that season five onward, which I really miss because like, I think you do have, I think that adds extra weight to her tragedy at the end of the season and episode um, batch yeah. where it's like, this is, this girl is just 16. She doesn't, she's not supposed yeah. to be doing this. And yes. you know, it's her responsibility, but it's like that, that's you add that weight. And so I think if we had kept that up, if we still had very, like, when she throws herself off the, the thing in, in season five, like, she's 20, 19? Like, she, like if, if yeah. we had some sort of even more grounding that whole season of, like, she's in school, et cetera. I know, like, she had to get pulled out because of all the mom stuff. But, like, that would have given it even more tragedy. Um, you know, Adam, it's funny that you mentioned that because that's, I, that is actually why I always love that little scene I think it's I think it's at the beginning of Tough Love, I think, where she goes to her professor who you haven't seen before, but she talks about how she has to like withdraw. And it's like a very like that's when you're like, oh, this is a teenager. Like she's like, Oh, I I really like the poetry. Oh yeah, hopefully I can re-enroll. I don't know. Maybe I'll be back. I'm not sure. And like she's being very like teenager with a professor. And like I do I love that because I do yeah. think you're right, it grounds it. It reminds us, oh, these are fucking kids. Some things like young adult editors are consistently harping on with me um, and with many of my peers are, and it's always a bummer when you get this note because then you just feel like, oh God, I'm one of those 40 year olds who wrote adults <laughs> and I, I, I forgot to make them kids. Um, because it's very easy to do that because you're putting a lot of like serious themes on them and they're going through serious things. But like, you know, every once in a while they remind you, they're like, Hey, loop in the parents. Hey, loop in the school stuff. Hey, loop in the college applications. And it has a cumulative effect. And every time I'm reminded of it, I'm like annoyed, but then I do it and I'm like, Oh, this makes it so much more alive that like, like my, my, my upcoming book, Your Lonely Nights Are Over, it's like basically Scream and, and it's like the mass killer stuff, but with the school stuff, every time we had to reintroduce a parent or school boundary, um, it created a problem for me that I had to solve my way out of story-wise, but it always made it more interesting, grounded, and like really yeah. like, oh God, this kid is 18 and he has to deal with this. Yeah, yeah, and like even this scene... Um... I know you all know her too because she's co-host, but like this Willow Buffy scene is very Ian and Kim in high school because Kim was always like the smart one. It's always been the smart one in our friendship. Um, and like, I would always be the like, I don't want to do this. I can't study. I hate it. And she'd be like, hey, and like kind of get me in line. So th like this like reminded me of that. But I want to know about the floppy disk because Jesus Christ, like when she first misses it and it's like, no, it's right there, fuck. And then she finds it like, Man, this shit is so good. And when they put it in and she's like, wait, it says restoration. And, and Willow's just like, oh, it's probably one of Miss Calendar's spells. And she's like, no, look what it says. And they're both like, fuck. I just love it so much. I can only imagine like how it was when people first saw the pencil fall down there, right? Yeah. And I don't, I, I don't, I, I wish I could have seen it on TV. <laughs> because like, if you were watching the show live, 
you would because this is the this is the old release schedule. Remember, this, this is like right. May, and then you saw the disc disappear in February. <laughs> months, you yeah. were like, oh, we're gonna do it. <laughs> like, you just, months have gone by, cold winter, horrible months, and you're just like, oh my god, they finally are gonna get the work at the soul. And like this scene made me realize something that I guess I hadn't thought about much before with this two parter is like we all love Buffy, right? She's like our hero. She's Someone, especially when we were younger, that we looked up to. Man, douche, does she fail at like every single corner? Like it is raining shit on her consistently throughout both of these episodes, right? Like they find the yeah. restoration, they fail at it once, then they fail at it again. But he does get his soul, but she still has to fucking kill him. Like, ugh, she deals with so much. Well, in adventure storytelling, this is um, well, so this is like very classic serial storytelling. Um, mm-hmm. So this is like Indiana Jones. Um, Indiana Jones fails repeatedly every movie. Um, like he keeps getting like trapped on a thing and then they someone right. hoodwinks him and then he loses this and loses that and have to chase him and then he loses that person. So like it's very, very good. Like that's why it hits so good is because this is like we're playing in like tropes that are like a hundred years old. Like these are very, very good, which is just like, yeah, you have to keep failing um, in order to get that. And that's sort of the, the, it's very hero's journey. I'm not going to get like Joseph Conrad and everybody, but like, I'm, it's very like, yeah, the hero's journey is constant failure and persistence. And the next scene that it leads us to is so, well, well, first we get, but whatever we get, we see how the Romani folks cursed angel, blah, blah, blah. We see his, like him getting his soul. The head of the clan comes and tells them everything. Then we move on. The next scene in the library, however, I do want to talk about because everyone is acting like everyone's doing great acting in this scene. And Xander is such a fucking prick. Like, no, absolutely not. Absolutely what? not. No, no. He's fucking right. I, He's absolutely fucking right. I I don't 100%. know. hundred percent. Because if they restore his soul, then he will stop the evil thing is how I'm looking at it. Like okay. that will I think help there was them. there's there's obviously like a lot of jealousy mixed in with with Xander and and yes, his opinion on, on Angel, which like you just can't separate that. It's been that way since Angel was introduced into into the group, right? But um he is right. Angel, like, okay, so we restore the soul. What's to say that he's not gonna lose it again and go and kill some kill some more people, right? He should have died. She should go and kill him. That's that's the only solution to all of this. Are we all forgetting about Jenny Calendar? Like it, that's what Xander's saying here, right? It's like this just happened. And the only solution is to just kill him. And look, like we don't kill him. And there's a couple other times where Angel like loses his soul. And I know he doesn't get as bad, but the risk was yeah. there, you know? I think it's, I'm of two minds of it because part of me says, listen, let's put the semantics of who, what a soul means and what a conscience right. is and who's who. Like, I'm going to put that to the side. That's that's an, an, that's a question for people who make YouTube videos about AI. Oh, wait, that's me. <laughs> uh, go to youtube.com slash at Ryho. It's about Britney Spears. Um, anyway, let's put that aside and let's say, hey, what do we owe bad men? How much do we owe them in assistance being rehabilitated? Is it an endless well? Or like, are we, or at a certain point, do we eliminate threats? Like, what do we think about the death penalty? What do we think about, what if it's a choice between kill or be killed? Like, and I think Buffy's point is not, he's redeemable. Although I think that that's what she wants to think she's saying. I think her main point is like, this isn't fair to me. 
Like being a woman is not fucking fair. Being like a chosen is not fucking fair. Be like this happening to my boyfriend is not fucking fair. Like my friends disagreeing with me and all having a stake and a say in this thing that should only affect me, which is like breaking up with or staying with a bad guy is not fucking fair. And I think she's just having a meltdown where she's like, I absolutely refuse. Like you're telling me to make a move. And maybe this is like my own neurodivergence touch of the autism thing. But like, if you tell me what to do, I'm not going to do anything. Like, I fucking hate authority. I hate being told what to do. And I think this is Buffy waking up to the fact that, like, I think, and we get flashbacks where she's more like Cordelia than she is like Buffy, where she wakes up to the fact that she is not the authority. That, like, your whiteness and your prettiness and your wealth and, like, California of it all and being skinny and, like, popular, like, it does not make you the authority. It actually doesn't. You are still an oppressed class and, like, you're still an oppressed person. And, like, I, I think... I'm not I'm not saying all of that comes across to her in this moment. I think she's a child and this is a show from the 90s, but I think like her rage at all of it comes across and it and it is something you feel before you can verbalize it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a lot of what this episode is about is like there's a cross between like who you want to be and who you're going to be, who you actually are right. and like and like the thing everybody wants or sees you as or wants you to be that's comfortable and safe. And being a teenager is like a really unique time where you like it's the only time in your life when you don't want to be special, but like it's never more clear to you that you're <laughs> unique. <laughs> I think I think the reason, and I guess I, I I know what you're saying, Zach, and I do I don't disagree with you. I guess I think he's a fucking prick because of the way he's coming at it. He's like coming at her, and it's like, hey, like Kendra says it later, and she's fucking nice about it. She's like, I do agree with your friend Xander, you know. He does deserve to die. She's not like, what the fuck are you doing, Buffy? You gotta fucking kill this asshole that I hate and I'm jealous about. But like, think it, about it, it, right? Like, he's been sitting there listening to them say things like this for on and on and on, like, things like this, right? Angel has been around killing people, doing really bad shit, stalking all of them, and he has made it known that he's not happy about this and, like, let's just kill him, right? But then this might just be the last straw for him where, you know, they're discussing a fucking restoration spell. And he's like, are you fucking kidding me? I would feel the same damn way. I have to I have to be honest about that. I would absolutely feel the same damn way. Like, Buffy, you, you, I, I, I totally understand where she's coming from, right? But um, they're all in the situation too and they're all actively being hunted. Um... And they do get a say. They do get a say in this. It's not just her breakup. This is something that has now affected all of them. One of them has died. Um, and she just, uh, like, she, what, what, uh, an episode would happen where a couple of them, like Xander or Cordelia, would try to go kill him, right? Like, Buffy would stop them. She wouldn't let them go do that, right? So if you're not going to let us go do it, then you need to go and you need to kill his ass because he just can't leave. But don't you think it undercuts his point that, like, he is partly motivated because he is projecting and jealous of Angel. But I only think that's like 50%. I only think that's 50% because I think by the time we reach the end of this season, uh, enough shit has happened that they're all fucking scared of Angel. Yeah, that's true. I get that. And that's fair. That is fair, Zach. I guess I, like for me, Giles has every, Giles has every right to be the angriest in this discussion. Mm -hmm. And for Xander to be like, yeah, well, your girlfriend's fucking dead. Like, Giles had also had every right to fucking punch Xander in the face. Like that, he's also he's also a fucking teenager, and they all yeah, say no, 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 shit yeah. things, you know. But like I say shit like that again. Touch of the, <laughs> the neurodivergence. Right, so, I, like, I feel like like yeah, it's, it's 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 very valid to say that, and it's one of those things where like if I were in the room, if my little 
little tiny FAG self was in the room <laughs> at that point, I would have been like, while that's true, um, the like safest way, because like, again, we still don't know at this point, like at this point, Angelus has been so difficult to find and yeah. kill that like, it would just be like, well, the safest thing to do would be like, hole up somewhere, do neutralize him. Mm-hmm. And then, then we can decide, okay, should he then be killed? Like, yeah, that's fun. That's fun. Right. That's I think him, this yeah. is like, this is what I want to make it very clear. This is one of the only times you will catch me defending Xander Harris. <laughs> but I just I like the only I, time ever in our friendship. <laughs> you've ever because I, I just too. am putting myself in the situation and like scared for me, scared for my girlfriend, scared for my best friends, you know, like, I guess. Uh, right. I, again, I like, they would, I think it would just be like, what gets the world saved fastest? Neutralize yeah. him from a safe distance. Mm. Good. Now we've done that. Now we can decide what do we do with him? Yeah, I, I guess, and like, I guess, like even Cordelia, right? When she's like, I, I forget what she says, but she chimes in with like, "Hey, like I do agree." And Xander yells at her, and he's like, "Oh, I'm so used to you disagreeing with me. I thought you were disagreeing with me." But like, even like Cordelia has right to be just as mad as Xander, but she's still not like, I don't know. It's the way he talks to Buffy. I just wish, yeah. like everyone else knows, she has been through. She's had a terrible year, mm-hmm. right? Like. She had the worst birthday you could possibly have. Um, and like, I, like, I think of, I don't know. I, I, but also it could be me being biased because I get so protective of her. Right. I don't want anyone talking to her like this. And I feel like she had this glimmer of hope and like, she deserves a glimmer of hope. I don't know. And like, yeah, you know, I, I, anyway, either way, I think everyone's <laughs> acting in this scene is so good and it makes yes. me cry. It's really like all of them back and forth. And then when she goes in to break them, like Xander and, and Giles yeah. up and like her looks like, oh my God, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Like her <sighs> looks at the end when she doesn't say anything, right? Yes. When she looks at Xander and looks at Giles and it's just like, she's, she's, it, it's, it is the weight of the world on her shoulders, right? Like they can <sighs> all have an opinion and they should have an opinion because it is happening to them too, right? But she knows I'm the one that has to go put on my boots and like sit out and yeah. do this thing, right? Yeah. Like give me a fucking second to just think about it for a second, right? Yeah. I think, I think maybe that's, that's where I do see it is like, just like give her a moment. Cause yeah, the look she gives him is so good. Cause it's, she is pissed. She's hot. Like, Mm -hmm. and I like that she walks out and we just have Willow like glaring at Xander. Um, And, you know, they're, they're siblings, right? Because I do like later we get them on the phone. She's on the phone with Willow and she's like, he was being, and she's like, Ooh, Willow. Cause Willow like says something racy. I I like that. I like that. It's like, we know that this is a family. We know they'll be, they're still friends. What do you think? What what, what was the word that Willow said? What do you guys think? I don't know. I was trying to think of what she would say. Cause like, I don't think Willow, a character, especially back then would have been like, Oh, fucking asshole. So I like, right. trying to like think. a little more pure. Yeah. Like I think uh. it would still be pure, even though Buffy was shook. She, she said that he had faggy hair <laughs> <laughs> and she's right. And she should say it <laughs> like, for her. Yes. Willow, you're correct. Um, but I, you know, I like that they have this phone call that like these, like, like you were saying, uh, Zach, like these are the good friend moments, right? It's like, Oh, oh I love them so yes. much. Uh, I could just do 30 minutes of them just having girl talk on the phone, you know? Yes. Same. I would girl love talk, it. <laughs> talking about like, you know, how many vimps did you kill in the cemetery tonight? I always, <laughs> (laughs) always wanted an episode with cordelia willow and buffy maybe even anya but obviously i 
prefer this to be high school years. Um, <laughs> I wanted an episode where they were forced to be at the mall together just for a day. And like maybe something supernatural is happening around them and they're unaware. But I just want them to go into different stores and react to things differently and be reacted mm. to differently and just be together for a day. Like I always, in my mind, that was such a core part of the show. And the way that they weave it in with so much plot do you need to be churned through is like artful (laughs) because in my mind you'd have an hour to small talk (laughs) i'll never forgive the show for not just letting me have a full episode on the rv right before (laughs) i just the friend just always work right and it does like go to y'all's point that you, you mentioned earlier with the 22 episodes you know it's it's um when you get these sprinkled in throughout, you know, it's not only you're watching Buffy because she's your best friend, but, you know, you have this group of friends and you're yeah. on the phone with them, you know? Yes. Yes. Well, they make you fall in love with the friends, which is mm-hmm. how – that's really how, like, they, they – they, the dichotomy of, like, Buffy being the chosen one and ultimately, like, where they go with that is – Oh, it's so good. What a show. Uh, you know, someone should talk about it more. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's true. Well, I just think like, I think in these long, not to keep going back to the same topic, but I feel like, I feel like we've, we've gotten glimmers of that and things where these shows, these sort of genre shows have punched through culturally, um, have been where the show sort of departs from the usual narrative. It's when the show does its own thing for a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. It's like Agatha all along technically does not dramaturgically need to be there. Um, But it is the most important part of that series um, culturally. And then I think you get into something like with the last of us with the episode three, where um, you had the two, you know, you had the gay guy couple. I think it's these things where like, Every time, like every time you set a writer off and let them do their own thing for like an hour, and and it doesn't have to move a plot forward, move a character forward. It's that anytime you let them sort of sit and breathe and play, it 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 has produced very very memorable results. So I just I must again, yeah, uh, cape for this. I think the WJ should put this into their demands packet. Like, do we demand twenty two seasons? <laughs> I mean, like, again, the format just like it just it makes you it makes you it gives you the space to do things, but it makes you get to the point in a way that gives you a set piece or um, something that fleshes out the world in every scene. And the plot stuff is actually secondary. Every scene has one of those two things. And then there's plot stuff in some of those scenes and it alternates between the monster of the week and the larger season. And it just it's such a. I, maybe it seems so attractive to us now, first off, because this is one of the first times that it really paid off on the yeah. show. <laughs> yes. But second, because it's so removed from anything that we <laughs> experience right now. And it feels like an alternate world. Like I'm like, you know, listen, a nostalgia is evil and I will never, I will never earnestly say the words make America great again. But TV, we <laughs> could improve by going mm-hmm. backward, I believe. <laughs> we, we have scientifically proven this and, and uh, like Abbott Elementary has proven 22 episode <laughs> seasons. People are very nostalgic for that. People are that very true. into that. It is, it is embraced it. I embraced it. And I think that once you got the, the sitcom doing that, I think you got the very clear genre show it is very cut and dry. Twenty-two episodes, eight mythology, fourteen monster of the weeks. We have figured out the science of it. Do it. Yeah, tingle my brain with your content. <laughs> tingle my brain. So we move on, and she goes. Buffy goes to patrol after seeing her Clotta ring on her dresser. And Zach, who does she encounter while she's patrolling? Giles. 
Um, Kendra just out of out of the bushes, right? right on, her, bushes. on her way to Buffy's house, and so they just run into each other. And like, I really like i I really do wish we had gotten a little more of Kendra because, like, this is yeah. cute. I think their interaction here is like very fucking cute because it's like they're not fighting; they're like, you know, she scares her, and then she's like, "Oh, I was testing your skills," and. Buffy says something like, test my face-punching skills, and I, I you'll see they've improved. And, like, I like that they have this, like, Kendra is presented as, like, more of, like, a stick in the mud and what's my line. And here she's, like, she knows Buffy so they can, like, make these jokes. And it, it's like, man, fucking poor Kendra. Like, And it's not nice seeing Buffy opposite of Slayer that she's not, you know, <laughs> yes. at, at, at odds with, right? Like, they're comfortable <laughs> right. with each other, and they have a nice little back and forth. It's nice to, to see <laughs> They don't want anything from each other. Yes. And that is very rare, especially with Buffy and other women who don't end up staying in her life. Yes. Yes. You 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 are right, Ryan. And like Gag. she really does it and you were right, Zach, too, where it's like, oh, she's not trying to these slayers aren't trying to kill each other. They're like just cool and friends. Um, it's like a healthy working relationship. Yeah. It's like it's like it's like we have stuff to discuss. We'll be very professional. But like Faith was like, you want to kiss? Want to go to my car? She's like the manager that you fuck, and you're like, damn, that was sexual harassment. Ah. <laughs> but, Faith is like trying to get you into an MLM like in life. Like when you're 40, you're like, oh, it's Faith calling. She wants to hang out. I'm just gonna get. It's gonna be fun for like a second, but. I don't know. She's, She's like, let's hang at my friend Spike's crypt with yeah. Clem. Like, oh, Faith, come like, on. Why do we got to go to the docks all the time? Yeah. Why are we going to the docks? I think Faith? Faith is really cool current day. No, I think Faith is like the one to hang out with these days. Oh, yeah. No, I'm okay. brag on her. But I would have I smoked pot with Faith in the back of her car and listened to <laughs> Ashley Simpson records. Come on. I, listen, I have a lot of former Faiths in my life. Some of them are slip and fall lawsuit artists. Who pay their bills that way? Some of the them, true slayers. Some of them have thoughts about the vaccine. Uh, oh some faiths are very cool. Yeah, <laughs> but so yeah, so Vandra is there, and a thing I notice is so like when Buffy does her impression of Kendra, they do say about they both say about exactly the same, but it feels it sounds like they're both doing a Canadian accent when they say about. <laughs> um, <laughs> Kendra, more accent work from the sparkling <laughs> accent coaches at the WB. Um, another, we don't blame Bianca Lawson. I feel like no. she, ha- I think she had like ten minutes to learn an accent. She conserved her energy to stay young and pretty for Forever. centuries. Yeah. <laughs> she was very relieved when she saw that she was when she saw the uh, the uh, uh, Angelus in the past Irish dailies. She was like, oh, <laughs> no one's going to be talking about much. That <laughs> is Thank the episode God. of accents. <laughs> so we, we go to the library and I do like Buffy calling a Catholic alfalfa because that's like a running <laughs> gag in the show. Like even in season seven, I don't remember what, but there's a couple where she, there's a couple like Bell Jock's eye. She calls something else. I forget what she calls it, but like, I like that that's a running theme. The Buffy never like cares or pays attention enough to the name of the demon thing and just whatever. Oh, it's a great bit every time. Yes. Ten times <laughs> out of ten it hits. <laughs> um, and we like, this is where I get like, I'm like, oh, see, Kendra's nicer when she's like, well, I do agree with your friend Xander. Um, and I, I do like this too. I like this, like, Kendra there in the mix of Scoobies where it's like, oh, we got to figure out how to save the day together. And I, you're right, Ryan. It just is like a healthy working relationship. We're yeah, talking about murder and delightful. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she, th- this is the thing where Buffy says, like, 
when she's like, uh, what does she say? Something about like, if it does fail, she will kill Angel, but Willow is their last like line of defense, which also was reminiscent of Chosen. Like I kept thinking of like how in Chosen, she's like, this is the most powerful woman, blah, blah, blah. And like, she's going to be the, you know, the crux of our plot, mm. or our plan. And I feel like this show does that often where it's like, oh, we like that beat. Let's make it bigger and better and like use it again. I do like the beat of Willow saying, well, we need an orb of Thessala. And Giles is like, oh, I have one. I'm using it as a paperweight. Like, that's a very Buffy thing, I feel like. Also, total flashback to when they went to the magic store and the guy was like, I keep selling those as paperweights. (laughs) (laughs) I like that Giles specifically was catching on to that trend early. He was like, the girls, it's all about orbs of Thessala. That's the aesthetic, honey. (laughs) Ryan, I fucking forgot. You're right. He does say that. (laughs) He had to run out, pick one up. He was like, God, this is going to look good on the gram. (laughs) Um, Well, where do we go? Then is this where Kendra gives her the sword too, right? Is this where she gives her the sword? Yeah, I guess it must be. Yeah. I think we're skipping like a couple back and forth, but yes, yes. No, this is. Yeah. Because it's later when she gives her Mr. Pointy. Yes. They, They have two scenes in the library before shit goes to hell oh i thought um, we were at that point yeah no this is the one of this is the other scene before that um, i just figured since we were approaching 90 minutes on this recording that we were almost <laughs> silly <the> you scene. <laughs> adam um so then we get more flashbacks we get angelus and your oh we get angel in the 90s eating rats which is something i we do. hate this i hate <laughs> this fucking flashback it is a whiny like you know, uh, ass angel. Just I, I fucking hate a whimpering angel. I can, I cannot fucking stand it. And him in this fucking alleyway eating this rat. You just pathetic. Kill him there. You have superpowers. There are like, please. You, you, you lived in a hotel, a beautiful hotel. You had a roof. You had things together. If, if it, and and I'm not trying to blame him or whatever, but it is very frustrating to be like. Okay, so you spent hundreds of years trying to deal with your emotional problems and you didn't grow or change enough to be like <laughs> exactly. functional at all. And exactly. now you want to bring a 16-year-old girl into this? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. It tricks. <laughs> it tricks. Right. Well, Zach, the bad news is I was about to say, which we go back to in season four of Angel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, we'll be back here. Is Whistler? Like, listen, I need, I need, was Whistler ever supposed to go beyond this? Yes. Okay. Doyle, Doyle, he was supposed to be Doyle. Yes. Ah, okay. Um, because like he, if watching it now, like especially after we just went through, well, last year, through Angel season one, he does feel very much like Doyle, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Listen, the real Wesley was the Doyles we lost along the way. <laughs> Listen, I, I just mean, I feel like I'm this bullet dodged. I'm, I'm all props to this just this actor, but like it feels very '90s zoot yeah. guy. I don't yeah. like. I'm not like more episodes, please. I think Joss Whedon really identifies with like a beta male in a bowling shirt who's friends. Like he's a wingman and he gets a little of the tailwind off of his like bro buddy. It's, it's, it's not an idea. It's not a dynamic. I thirst for more of this just very shrimpy energy. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. Honestly, that guy, he's, that guy's ordering multiple appetizers at the bar and like, he just got there. He's like the crazy friend that people call a character. <laughs> no, he's, he's out there somewhere. He's doing something. 
There so, is a gay guy version of this, though, and we, you know, until we. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm like, is it me? Might be me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I definitely, I definitely <laughs> fucked that guy. <laughs> I'm not saying it's not you. It's not not you. <laughs> so then we get, uh, we get like, like you said, Adam. This is basically Buffy the movie. Then we do get Buffy the movie, right? We we go to Henry High. We see that Angel is watching her there, but we also meet. This is so weird. I was thinking about this in context of the show as like, you know, we finished doing the whole show. Adam and Zach, you both were on for Chosen. It is very weird that we never, ever, 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 ever mention that her first watcher died. Yeah. Like, this is like the last time we ever talk about she had a watcher that died. Yeah. Um, right? He was problematic. We don't we don't reference him. <laughs> yeah, she didn't, she didn't love him. She, she didn't know. Yeah. It also kind of tracks that like, I, when you're younger, your brain isn't formed, and like True. sometimes old people die. We're like, <laughs> that's exactly how she thinks of it too. Yeah, that's exactly how she thought. Of it. It's like, oh my god, old people die. Sometimes old people die, and also like, also like, there's gonna be teachers that you just don't like click with. You know what I mean? There's teachers when you go on a field trip, you're like, I'm with a friend, we're hanging uh, out, and then there are teachers where you're like, I don't even remember what. Was uh, so you're Mr. saying Geller? that her first watcher would not have fucked her mama. You're saying that. <laughs> Listen, I got news for you. That first watcher was 47. She's like, I have to, uh, old people die sometimes. Uh, special, special shout out to this. Uh, special shout out to this Helen Shivers ass wig too. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. real nice. That wig it's is because I was literally trying on a Barbie wig for an upcoming video today. Nobody steal the idea. I haven't told you what it is. Um, and it's the exact same wig. And I was like, maybe it's not right. <laughs> <laughs> so we we see her on her first i do like that we see her first like vampire encounter i think yeah. i'm like very charmed by this like origins whatever and like you know as one of you said earlier like this episode is these episodes are about who you become right and it's she is more cordelia and like you know everyone has said that like cordelia especially early seasons is like what Buffy could have been. Like she could have been just like a mean girl who's popular, blah, 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 which isn't all Cordelia mm. is. That's very like watered down explanation, but that's how she's like shown in season one. And I love that she shows up in the puffy jacket and yes. like pajama pants, right? Yeah. <laughs> that feels so accurate. <laughs> she's like nighttime in the, in the, yeah. I'm in the graveyard. What do I wear to this? Yeah. I want to be visible like a jogger on the highway. <laughs> Everybody knows vampires are attracted to bright colors. <laughs> and like, and that's even in season seven when she tells Dawn, she's like, oh, I missed my first time too. And we, we see it. I oh, like that nice callback. Yeah. Um, also, I got to point out, I know I've sent it to you, Zach. I don't know if you remember it. The like One of my favorite TikToks starts with that, where Buffy's in her puffy coat and is being pushed back by the vampire. And it's like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air theme song playing. And it like starts with that. And then it's just like progressively building up from clips from the season. And I, I lots of times when I'm stoned, I'm like, where is that TikTok on my phone? And I like scroll to find it to watch it. Um, I just love that we have so much footage that, I mean, not that anyone has. I mean, Ian, if you want to learn how to use Final Cut, you can come over anytime. But somebody could re-edit like Buffy, the like the machete cut or whatever it is. What is that what it's called when you do it in the right order? Um, <laughs> you could give the, yeah, let's do Buffy for all the seasons in in full order that would be delightful we start in the 1800s with angel and darla <laughs> exactly we start at like the dawn 
end of time <laughs> the first slayer <laughs> we don't need nap for two hours before you get to we're it. in a desert and they're like screaming oh at each other we're starting with the first fucking slayer yeah oh, God. it's shadows on a wall for 20 minutes listen i'd have taken a full show about the first slayer absolutely oh, yeah. oh yeah. totally hbo please so, uh, so Zach, you'll you'll sit with me while we do that together, right? Yes. <laughs> um, is this when she goes to the? Where are you wanting to pick up? We're we still in the flashback. Angel's no, no. watching her through the flashback. We get out of the flashback, and um, Angel isn't open, able to open the portal, right? Right. He, um, we get more tries of that. it. He tries to kill somebody, but he's like, "Oh, it's not this. How do I do it? I don't know how to do it." Angel um, is upset. Spike mocks him, mm-hmm. and we go back to Sunnydale. Hi. Yeah. And Which, Buffy taking a test. Oh, she does wanted to take her fucking test. She studied. She right? studied for it. She did. And I, the thing that, I mean, again, we're going to be saying this a hundred times in both of these episodes, but like Sarah Michelle Geller's face of being completely numb to this like mm. vampire girl coming to into her classroom and just exploding into flames. I... Uh, it is very Gen Z. I think that that is why they connect with this show so much to be like, what does it matter what my grades are going to be? The world is literally going to end no matter what I do, or I'm going to die by the time I'm 24. <laughs> oh and gosh. then some disaster strikes like in front of her. And she's like, damn, I should have had my fucking camera out. Cause that was a wild <laughs> one, but she's like pretty unfazed. It's like, wow, you've seen some shit. Okay, huh? the, do you think <laughs> this vampire went to like the main office to find her class? Like how did <laughs> <laughs> to remember which uh, subject. I didn't think about that. Because, <laughs> yeah, the fuck does she know? Buffy Where's is? Buffy Summers' class? I'm here to take her out of school. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm a vampire looking for the vampire slayer. Uh, I'm a terrifyingly pale woman with <laughs> with a, with a, a questionably cut bang. <laughs> <laughs> so we get that. She, you know, sets up the plan, right? Then we get... This is when Kendra gives her the sword. This is when Kendra gives her Mr. Pointy as well, which is so fucking cute. Iconic. Uh, um, and you can buy a pin of it uh, at Sayerfest98's Etsy. I have exactly a pin of Kendra holding that thing. Um, but yeah, this is like, Cord- I like that Cordelia's plan is, can't you just wait and see if he calls you if the spell works? Like, I mean, she's right in the end, just, right? Yeah, right. It's not a bad idea. <laughs> you just scream at the screen, and you're like, "Please, please, don't leave them." This, it's so silly. I'm like, this was my plan. Like, it's just the like, listen, just yeah, do it from afar. Yes, it's so like it's the one part where I'm just like, are we not doing this strategically? <laughs> um, and like. Kendra's Kendra's staying. Buffy wants Kendra to stay with the Scooby so she can protect them in case. Uh, and then she goes to meet Angel. And he basically is just like taunting her and stalling, right? Mm-hmm. They're fighting. And uh, a bunch of vampires ambush the library. And everyone eats shit in this scene. And Except it is Cordelia. I love her fight or flight. And she <laughs> she's flied. I mean, I used to get mad at it and I didn't like it, but also like, what was she going to do against like 10 vampires and Drusilla walking in? Did we ever see the back door that's in that library? We never have, but Mm. they've talked about it a few times. I think they call it, don't they usually say like, oh, in the back stacks or something? Isn't that what they usually say? (laughs) Bullshit. Amazing Amazing writing. That's exactly. (laughs) I have like, so so there is so like full, like pimping myself out. So when your lonely nights are over midway through, there is a 
danger in the library, escape the library scene. Yes. Um, and it's, you know, I, every, everybody, when you're reading this, just know it is 100% the Sunnydale library. And I say <laughs> the word stacks a million times and there is a back stacks exit. Um, <laughs> Adam, and, I love, thank you for telling me that in advance so I can picture the Sunnydale library. Oh <laughs> yeah. If I, if I have failed narratively in any way in that scene, just know <laughs> it is the Buffy library and, you <laughs> there, and people go every which way and some people escape at the back and it is exactly the Cordelia never mentioned again, escape exit at the back. <laughs> <laughs> because like, I mean, it does make sense that she runs. I mean, you are right, Zach. I do like, because like, she would just die. But she I kind of wanted to see Kendra. her running too. Like I kind of wanted to follow her outside and see really like where she went. Yeah, yeah. Like see her like freaking out and like running and panicking, but not stopping running. <laughs> well, like like Drusilla like cuts a Slayer's throat open with her fingernail. Right. Like, like what's she gonna do? She's gotta right. go. There's a lot of fingernail work in in this episode. There is. There is. Yeah. Mm, so enter yes. Drusilla, and I think. Juliet Landau seems to be having fun with a more coherent, tougher Drusilla, because she's like, enough. Let's get what we came for. And like, <laughs> like smiling and like loving it. Um, well, it's like working, working for Angel or like being directed by Angel is very different for her than with Spike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She like respects Angel in a way. <laughs> um, and I think it gives her a clarity of purpose. Yes. Whereas when she's with Spike, she's like, so you just like like me? <laughs> we should not understand the concept of just like being loved. <laughs> that's, that's the thing where it's like it's like when you're it's like are you thriving with somebody you love? Or are you thriving with somebody who pushes your buttons? Mm-hmm. God, it's truly, Drusilla is a gay person. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah. So then uh, we get Buffy realizing it's a trap, and again she fucking fails. It's too late. Mm. Willow has had a bookcase pushed on her. Xander has had his arm not broken, but kind of whatever. Um, Giles is unconscious and Kendra is fighting for her life and fails. And like, I do hate how like pathetic this feels, but it almost makes it more brutal, right? That it's like, oh, this vampire who's never really done much earlier in the show is like coming out swinging and kills a fucking vampire slayer. Right. And like just jumping around a little bit, right? She's not even doing like, you know, yeah. high kicks or anything. She's just like. <laughs> I do wish that fight went on a little longer. We could have gotten yeah. Drusilla doing a high like, kick. I wish Kendra could have got some like kicks in, you know. Yeah, like a few, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I like though that it's a different way of fighting. And I like that like <laughs> it's the way that if, if I don't know, it's the way that like vampires are not just, they're not just like power ranger putties they're 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 right. i mean the new ones are but like they can be complicated sort of mythical creatures and it does require mm-hmm. vampire slayers to get rid of them because like they i don't know not all of them are as interesting but certainly this particular line from the master has like some wacko cartoon characters Is in it drusilla the only vampire in this show who does the glamoring yes Okay. She she's Dracula like, has power. Oh right. Yeah, I was gonna say her and Jack well, Dracula are the only vampires on the show with powers. That goofy episode, yeah. But I love it. I love it. Oh, it is great. Great. Like, goofy. What? I mean, it is kind of problematic that everyone who is like deep in escapable magic that like really changes like the dynamics or whatever. It's always like 
Romani related or traveler related. Like it's like vaguely European yeah. magic that <laughs> right. the show seems to like. It's good. Like biggest... Americans are watching this, right? Is, is, we, <laughs> yeah. Then I don't know. <laughs> and I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. We didn't. Um, but like, and I, I do wish this was something we had gone back to with Drusilla. Her powers were always kind of like, eh, she can kind of do stuff. But man, I just. So Buffy realizes the trap and she fucking runs for her life. She's she's trying so hard. And man, the like determination on worry that she portrays on her face. I could cry just thinking about it. We don't talk about the shot. Because what's the shot? what's the shot, Zach? Oh my god, Tell the me. shot. Okay, and and I, I it really struck me this time too, right? Where the slow motion shot when she gets into Oof. the school, she's running. We get like normal speed, and then it goes into a slow shot as she's turning a corner. Um, Ian's obsessed Ugh. with this shot, obsessed with I the movement so of the good. goat, everything. Ugh. It's like really, really good. That should have been the coach killed Angel, and it's crazy. Um, sure, yeah, but this is the slow mo coat, and it's it, it goes from there all the way into it's just amazing into the library, and we see every we even slow down from there, and we see every moment on her face as she's like watching the aftermath, looking around, seeing everything, and as she's like as she was running, she still had like fight on her face, right? But when she looks down and sees Kendra, like that fight completely just Oof. falls. Oh, there's yes. there's no more fight. It wrecked me. Mm. It really did. And it's because I I mean, maybe it's kind of the like Tara thing of like, I really thought Kendra was sticking around. Don't I talk thought about, like don't well, talk she's about Kendra and no. Tara in this. It's going too emotional. Too emotional. <laughs> I, I, I remember thinking like, oh well, we've got new friends in the group. Like I, I yeah. remember being like, I like this. This is two slayers. Like this is interesting. And then they fully like murked her like and i didn't it did not register to me when they first cut her throat i was like all right well we cut people's throats all the time around here like (laughs) i I, you know and then that shot i was like and when she turned to the corner i was like oh no oh no this is like er bad yeah (laughs) no and it's like it's so funny that like we have this like very like the the code is iconic the music is um emmy winning uh, yeah apparently i did not realize uh iconic in this episode um She's looking great. The story is great. Everything's working. And then you have the Whistler guy just narrating. Briefly near you. And I'm like, wait, will you buzz love, off? You don't <laughs> like the narration? I love the narration. I, I do. It's like, it's different. I just, actor. I got a whistle. I get if we, it, I don't know. I different just, actor. Different actor. If yeah, it had been I don't think somebody else. Oh, I, I mean, Angel I think... did it at the end of Passion. Like, he could have done it again here, you know? Yeah, that's what I think. I think, like, it would have been, especially because this is Angel's design. This is his mm-hmm. orchestration. Right. This would have been the moment to really amp it up. And it's like, why do we have to have the shrimpy guy? It yeah, needed like, a parent's to... voice. It needed, like, a, right. a mom or, like, Joyce, a child. Joyce is Joyce just on the phone with Pat, you know? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, and when your girl decides who she will be, it's like, Joyce, I'm making taco meat. I can't. Are you going through it? Because I guess I think I just love the the. I, I, I can see what you guys. I mean, it's it's a great it's moment. So it's, a, it's, it's, it's my one note where I would just been like, I think I think Angel narrating that moment would have I been agree. sinister and on top of like dramatic irony. Yeah, it that, would have been the most like. Because again, we're, we're having this episode where we have debated: do we kill this guy or not? I think right. that would have been the most like, kill that motherfucker. And then you're leading into part two, and then only at the end, once the sword goes through him, that you're like, we um, like. I think that would have. That's the only note, like, and that's me being so picky. Like, it's it's a perfect moment, but like, that's that's the one thing that if I could just 
if you made me change something, I would have to do. That's no, yeah. that's that's fair. I think I just so the, like not to be like too Ian about it, but like fuck, this makes me cry, and like this is something I revisit. Like this two part is something I've revisited a lot when I've like had like a really bad thing happen. Um, and like after I found my friend Chris in his bed, like I watched this over and over again. Like this was like these. This and the end of part two were the only thing that made me feel like I could make it. And like the writing, the the fact that our hero like gets shit on so much and she's still, you know, after this is so this is a like we said, we forget that she's a teenage girl. And like the fact that she goes through this, she finds her, you know, her friend fucking murdered. Her father figure has been kidnapped and like. From this to like the end, when Angel Angel asks her like what's left, and she catches that fucking sword and says me, like mm-hmm. shit, it's just perfect. I just yeah, I mean, love it. And the the like the writing of like the big moments are gonna come. You can't help that. It's what you do after that counts. That's when you find out who you are. I just uh, so good. When um, I was um, so the, I was obviously in elementary school in this when I watched this, but I used to go get the bathroom pass just so I could do slow mo runs around the corner on the <laughs> way to the bathroom. That. Yeah, so it was on security <laughs> camera somewhere. <laughs> Someone's like, "Ooh, that's Zachary Patton Garcia." <laughs> I wasn't married in elementary school, Ian. I mean, now they're watching it saying that. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. And then we end the episode on the police showing up and telling her to freeze because so it can't, cool. it's not bad enough for Buffy. Fucking cops, man. God <laughs> fucking Sunnydale it. cops. Sunnydale cops. A-cab. Where have they been for two years? <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> like now? These motherfuckers. Oh, you got an opinion? Oh, you've got, got you have, you guys have opinions. Interesting. Okay. Like how That's, many kids at that school are not alive anymore? Uh, they're yeah, investigating cops. now. They've decided it's too much. Not never again. <laughs> if you don't think the cops are in bed with the vampires, I got something to tell you about what's happening in the back of those paddy wagons. Okay. <laughs> I love their, their talk about it in the next one. <laughs> this is in a way, if we are going to explain this, this is the mayor's doing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which I do. I do like, it's weird that they do like loosely tie parts of season two into that. Right. Like, I mean, it's very, listen, this is, kind of the best stuff people like about MCU. Right. Um, yeah. Where you are set before you have wrapped up the, the main conflict, you are setting up that I think that's the biggest problem phase four and five have had um, is they did not set up. They should have been setting up phase four and five conflicts in, in little ways. Yeah. In phase three before yeah. we got to the thing so that there wasn't such a hard reboot rebound. Um, and yeah. I think the way that they're doing this, and it's not no surprise that obviously Joss continued and did adventures in that way. Um, but like, that's, I mean, the way this ends now is very infinity war. It's very like, it's very, just very classic. Yeah. Adventure film, like eh, all is lost sort of stuff. And it, and it just, it's, it's still very effective to this day. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to do it again. Uh-oh. I love that they can reference things like to the side for a second that will come back later and that you can go find little Easter eggs mm. or that it leaves you space to imagine like you hear two seconds of like Buffy's dad and you're like, I got a picture what that guy would be like. But I think what's fun is because they, they, they do take time in every episode to flesh out the world in some capacity in a delightful way that like was thoughtfully made. It, it makes it feel like filled with possibility. Like when you hear a little things about like 
something happening in Sunnydale or like a notable anecdote. Sometimes things are just said more than they're shown, but it's great because this world is so big and packed with detail that it can exist. And you're like, kind of like, I can't wait till we get the chance to see that. And I, I, I think that this was the point at which I think they started to get a little more confident in their ability to do that. I would agree with that. Yeah. All right, boys. Uh, we are at the end here. Um, I don't, I don't know if I prepared all of you for this, but what do we think Dawn would be doing oh, in this Lord. episode? <laughs> My goodness. Uh, I will go first to give everyone time to think in case you need to think of your answers. She would have either been just relegated to the Joyce scenes or she would have forced her way into the library and like sprained her like arm or something that would have like knocked her over and not cared. Um, <laughs> I think, because again, we're talking about a, we're talking about like three years younger, two, two or three years younger. Right, uh, yeah. Dawn. So I think she would have been just in the Joyce scene. So I think she would have been very prominent in part two. Um, I think she would have made um, Buffy's veiled gay speech um, much more about herself. <laughs> I think she would have like, inserted <laughs> herself into the narrative. Um, yeah. During those scenes. <laughs> uh, Ryan, what do you think she would have been doing? I think we would have gotten a fun running gag in parts one and two, where Joyce and Buffy keep trying to keep Dawn from in, intruding on important conversations and so dawn is playing with dolls and acting out exactly what's happening because she's (laughs) not a fucking moron (laughs) (laughs) i love that uh zach uh this one dawn is at janice's house but then we get a flashback of dawn in the buffy flashback in the 1700s Talking to Dharma. <laughs> it could be. She's she's with Dharma. Yeah. All right. Um, I feel yeah. like we're all probably going to have the same answers, but let's uh do it for the show. Favorite scene, Ryan. Um, my favorite scene is honestly when they were having the preschool f- food, just hanging around at the yeah. cafeteria table. I thought it was delightful. It's a perfect encapsulation of the ideal peaceful state of the show. Um, and it really, I don't know, it cements for me that this is like my parasocial friend group for (laughs) the next several years. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Adam? Yeah, um, I think, I don't know, like, I mean, obviously, like, I I feel like, obviously, like, the, the little final moments, it's all very exciting and thrilling, um, but I think, like, just if, if we're going to choose a backup one, my backup one would be, um, I like the, the Buffy flashback where she's... Like yeah. a sophomore or whatever. What I remember, what yeah. year? Maybe she's, she's a freshman. She's a wait. She's freshman, a sophomore. Yeah, yeah. yeah, she's a freshman. Um, anyway, where she's just like got her little lollipop game on, and um, I, I just I like seeing I like seeing that side of of, of mm. Sarah. Like I like seeing her do those those yeah. shades as well. Um, yeah. Especially uh, since they was like butt up against like some of the most wrenching parts <laughs> of the show. Zach. Uh, f- I'm gonna I'm gonna agree. Favorite scene is the the Buffy flashback. It, it, different from favorite shot. Favorite shot is obviously the slow mo shot, right? But favorite scene is is Buffy's flashback. All right. I I mean it's that whole last like five ish minutes or ten minutes when we're seeing Buffy fight, learn it's a trap, running for her life, like all of it. But mm-hmm. like when she opens that door and it, like you hear it slow down. That immediately makes me like I cry hearing the slow and down the noise. Silence, the silence. Yeah, like just her fucking heels click clacking, like fucking shit. I I think that might be one of like the best. You're right, Zach. It's important to differentiate. So I 
I think it's the best shot of the series, honestly, is her oh, slow motion. That's, that's a lot. I don't know. I, would say, <laughs> I mean, I do think like if you're, if you, if you tell people like, Hey, that show, what shots do they think? I think probably that's going to be. So Ian just got like this little set made of the high school ride. <laughs> and the first pictures mm-hmm. that he sent me of it is his little Buffy action figure in that coat doing that shot. So the custom I figure that I was made. not surprised. Yes. Not surprised by Ian, your answer. <laughs> you did a deep dive on the on the on the on the coat. Is I, I think is it supposed to be like juries out on the color? Like to me, it's, it's teal. A, it, okay, so for in my memory, it's like an iridescent, almost sort of mermaid sort of yes, like color, and then that's right. So it's like a teal, but it, it can it's like is it iridescent? Like does it does it change? Yes, color it or? is. Yeah. Okay. Did she say how much it was? What was the budget for this coat? Oh no, she didn't. Did she say the brand? What was this? Hold on. I they can... had budget for either the coat or uh, Irish dialect coach. And they chose <laughs> Or you more stands for Kendra, but they chose the coat. <laughs> God, I'm trying to look for I, – I, she. I think she does say it's iridescent because on Twitter was how I connected with Cynthia Bergstrom. And she said that is like an iridescent teal because she also said the pants were not the color you think they are. She said they're like a taupe, but it doesn't show up the right, right. color – because th- it's got to be iridescent because this was like late 90s. So, I mean, we're, we're talking, we're getting, we're inching closer to that sort of go yes, soundtrack yeah. lens, steal my sunshine, sort of like, just like that sort of. Yeah, fashion. that's true. Yeah. Um, so, yes. All right. But I think we can all at least agree on that's the best outfit of the, sh- the episode, right? Oh, it's, a I... it's a Fritz Bernays. Yeah. Yeah. It, listen, it's, it's a masterpiece, but I, I, I honestly. <gasps> I will give it an honorable mention to I like I like Drusilla's little outfit for her murder scene because it's very Phoebe on Friends. And, oh, <laughs> and I found that to just it, I the whole thing just it tickled it tickled my brain. They knew how to do it back then. They don't know how to do it anymore. Listen to three old men talk about how TV was back in the day. Uh, Listen, I I'm emb- I embrace it. I embrace it. <laughs> Uh, prove me wrong. Show me the show me the fashion in the today. Show me, <laughs> um, Zach. I I will go with the coat, but I do want to like I'll just tack on the uh, the red shirt that she wears in the cafeteria. Yeah, you know I do. Cordelia actually wears a red shirt as well in the argument library scene with like a cute plaid skirt, and she looks fantastic. I don't but like I mean, any of her co- uh, clothes yeah. in this this episode. Really? Mm-mm. Um. Well, what grade? I, I, we probably all also agree. What grade do we give this episode? Um. I give it an A plus <laughs> plus. <laughs> a plus. Yeah. 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 Gold standard. Well, thank you all for joining me. Thank you all for listening. I am so happy to be able to revisit this episode with the three of you. Like these episodes are very important to me and mean a lot. And yeah, I just lovely. Um, Thank you all for listening. If you want, if you like Slayer Fest 98, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, Podbean, anywhere else you get your podcasts, please subscribe to us. And if you like us, give us a good rating. And if you want to follow us on social, we are at Slayer Fest X 98. And if you want to follow us, if you want to support the podcast and listen to some of our bonus content, which we'll be switching around soon, um, you can find us on Patreon. Any and all support is much appreciated and helps keep this podcast going. If you want to follow me on social, I am at Ian X Carlos. Adam, where can everyone find you and buy your books? You can find me on all socials at the Adam Sass, and you can buy my two existing current YA books, Surrender Your Sons, which is a thriller, and my rom-com, which is The 99 Boyfriends of Micah Summers. 
You can also pre-order uh, the book I was mentioning before, Your Lonely Nights Are Over, which is a slasher teen stuff. Um, if you love Buffy, you are going to love that book. You can pre-order that wherever you buy your books, uh, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, or your local store. And Ryan, where can everyone find you and your videos? You can find me at youtube.com slash at Ryho, that's R-Y-H-O, where I do reported pieces in drag about leftist content and the the horrors of this world. (laughs) And um, also, I am doing a personal finance podcast over at The Financial Diet, uh, which is about a monster of the week scenario where we take (laughs) down a guru or a con artist or a scam or some snake oil uh, every single week. And we have upcoming episodes about Airbnb and inflation being huge scams. I'm obsessed with that channel, by the way. Oh, thank you. Um, I've I've worked on it for a few years in different capacities, and it is very rewarding. um, And it has given me the confidence to go to it. It makes me feel smart when I listen to it. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I I need to do that ASAP then. Zach, where can everyone find you and uh, your other shows? Uh, you can search Zach Garcia and you'll find me. I'll pop up on a couple places. Um, you can search My Bloody Judy, a horror podcast I do with Ian Carlos Crawford here, and that'll also pop up. And uh, I'm literally not leaving. I'm going to sit in this chair and we will be on the, the next episode of Slayer's <laughs> 98. I'm becoming part two. I'm about to crack open that white <laughs> cloth. bathroom break and then we're at it again. Yep. And we'll, yeah, we'll see you all for that. Bye.